0: uses the pronouns she, they, and barbenheimer. Mm-hmm. 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 I'm Liz Winstead, and I'm joined by my 100% lovable, delightful, smart co-host, Moji Alabodeo. Hello, Netroots.
1: It is so good to be here. On today's pod, we're going to break down the looming abortion bill case that is poised to further upend abortion access nationwide. We'll also fill you in on where we're at with recent SCOTUS rulings and tell you about where this case could end up. Yeah, it's not great, Bob.
0: No. Plus, we have amazing guests. Community Event Manager Walker Fitz from the Midwest Access Coalition is here to lay out just how much work goes into helping someone travel to receive abortion and gender affirming care. Plus, comedian Joelle Johnson is in town. That's right. She's taping an episode of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, and she's going to join us. She's going to sit her ass down, drag some assholes for filth, and we'll talk about comedy, activism, and a bunch of other stuff.
1: And per usual, we'll drop a steaming dump of this week's Repro News, but 1st Liz. How excited are we to be back
0: again? It's very exciting. Last year was fun because people were like inching their way back. But this year, it really feels like people are back. It feels feels really great. For those of you at home listening and don't know what Netroots is, it is the largest gathering of progressive journalists, bloggers, activists, people who care about things. There's over 2,000 of us here attending panels, learning how to organize, learning how to communicate, getting in fights with people, challenging politicians. It's really, really great. And it's an honor to be able to broadcast from here. Again. Because it's just good. And also, it's really good to talk to progressives about abortion, because sometimes progressives think they know and get a little bit cocky, and it's like, maybe you need to learn about abortion, because you know a lot about other stuff. But um, let's listen up to some experts, and there's a lot of really great panels here, so it's awesome. It's so great. Also, we're learning about tornadoes. Yeah, so um, for those for the people who are attending, um, we are in Chicago, and we had massive tornadoes. I feel like you're sitting around in
1: uh, your restaurant if you if you made it here
0: yesterday, and all of a sudden it's like, beep, 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 tornado, tornado, and I was like, where? Where? I know. I heard the beeping, and I was like, wait, is this the right wing saying there's a groomer convention in town? Like, it was like some crazy Amber Alert for the assholes being like, look at them all, they're gathered in one place. Go. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But it was like, it was intense, and Moji... Is born and raised in New York. Raised. And we're eating, we're eating in front of a picture window. I'm from Minnesota. huge. Window. And so this tor- and then I look at my phone and it's like tornado, tornado, tornado. And I was like, where's the basement? Where's my mom? <laughs> like, where's a lot I, of stuff? It was a little bit terrifying,
1: and I was we were just like, let's get away from this window, please. <laughs>
0: but not before our bread pudding comes. <laughs> like it was we were a little bit like we're scared, but we really just want to finish our meal too. But it's great. Great. And the tornado, I think everybody made it in. I felt bad. i talked to a lot of people today who had to like, their trains got washed out. They had to take buses. And like somebody told me they traveled 30 hours to get here for a oh 10 gosh. hour trip. But like, that's how cool Netroots is. People are, are like, dedicated. They are dedicated. Yeah, and dedicated. to gather together in a time of unprecedented fuckery, you're going to get here. Yeah. You can get here by a... Whatever. No, I'll stop. I'll we stop. are I'll not stop. a singing podcast list. No, we are not. <laughs> but, you know, I like to just chime in when I can't right, enough. Let's get to some of the big stories of the week. You ready? All right. All right. So if at first you don't succeed at full reproductive oppression,
1: try, try again. Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds will not rest until every uter. Iowan feels her wrath after a 3-3 state Supreme Court deadlocked her six-week abortion ban last month. This gender Judas and her other anti-abortion apostles spent the first 14 hours of their summer vacation in a special session of the legislature crafting and passing a new, more Iowa Supreme Court-friendly Six-week abortion ban amid loud protest calling to vote them out, which we got to do. And 61% of Iowans do ob- oppose these harsh abortion bans. I would like to abort these politicians. I'm ready to <laughs> abort these politicians right now. No limits on
0: aborting Iowa politicians.
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so someone's already filed a lawsuit. And hopefully, you know, Queen Kim can expect a mutiny when she returns to the Iron Throne. That's right.
0: Senator Tommy Tuberville. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We love him too. Does more to destroy reproductive rights and the military before 9 a.m. Say it with me than most people do all day. (laughs) The senior white nationalist from Alabama continues his crusade to block the appointments and promotions of all branches of the armed services until he is assured that no one serving our country who would like to have an abortion will be allowed to. Tuberville shenanigans have left the Marine Corps with out a confirmed leader and experts worry that if this continues, it threatens to shake the foundation of military competence and readiness down to Tuberville levels. It's
1: pretty low. That's pretty it's low. Pretty low yeah. yeah. But get ready to be a part of the over the counter culture. Advisors for the FDA voted unanimously on Wednesday in support of an over the counter birth control pill. <laughs> Woohoo! No words as to when it will become available, as it still needs to go through approval process, a challenge by an extremist group, and of course, an eventual banning by the Supreme Court.
0: Another pun alert. I'm going to close out the headlines with some Gouda news from the dairy State. Somebody stop me. (laughs) Two years ago, Wisconsin lost all access to abortion when the state Supreme Court ruled that a law from 1849 left hanging around on the books, was still valid unless banned abortion in the state. Now, the good news is, this week, a Wisconsin judge that has progressed past a Zachary Taylor administration worldview said, nah, man, this is not what the law says at all, and rolled out the red carpet for the Wisconsin Attorney General to sue the shit out of the state and restore abortion access. (laughs) Right? That is
1: good news.
0: Uh, Some may even say it's cheddar than Gouda. It's
1: brilliant. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, if I can run a pun into the ground. No,
0: you you, it. you triple down on a pun and I'm proud of you. <laughs> All right, let's get to the big story.
1: We thought we'd kick off this Netroots with an update on that abortion pill lawsuit that uh, people stopped talking about in the news, but it's lurking in the bushes and it could pounce at any moment like a TMZ photographer. 100%.
0: Mm. So how many of you are vaguely familiar, somewhat familiar about this case that we're waiting to hear on? Some of you. Some of you are not at all familiar with what I'm talking about. Okay, good. So here's basically the sitch. Last November, a group of charlatan anti-abortion people who work in the medical field, some are doctors and a dentist, that is very important, they formed this coalition and filed a lawsuit that said that the FDA rushed the abortion pill through too fast, that if it goes through the mail, they're going to be overrun with patients who need abortions and they won't be able to do Uh, their actual other medical work, which is, as far as I can see, oppressing people who want medical care. And they said that they would be forced to provide abortions against their consciences, among other things. They also said that there is a law on the books that prevents mailing abortion pills through the mail. They handpicked a judge in Texas who was an anti-abortion extremist, um, slapped the case into his district Shockingly, the judge was like, you are right, that shit's terrible, let's ban that pill. And then activists immediately were like, "Uh, no, let's appeal. The Supreme Court heard the case, and send it down to the court above him. Let's hear what they have to say. Um, That court happens to be the most conservative court in the United States. They heard the argument and now we are waiting. So that is sort of the overview of what's happening. But let's break down what we're waiting for and what happened in that case, because it's so fucked up. So one of the funny things and one of my
1: favorite parts is that based on what used to be legal standard, these plaintiffs don't have standing. They haven't suffered any harm. They are anti-abortion doctors, which means they don't provide abortions and never have provided abortions. And one is a dentist. So I want to know who's going to a dentist for
0: abortions. It's like, hey, I work (laughs) on cabbage. So maybe what what are you doing? A cavity, a uterus, same, same. Yeah. You know, it's all something. (laughs) But also like who in their right mind seeking abortion care is going to see a physician who wants to throw them in jail for seeking abortion care? It just None of it makes sense at all in the least
1: and they also did say they were like oh we do have three cases of where there's been harm from the abortion pill that we've seen turns out those pills were not approved by the fda they came from india they were not the pill that we're talking about it's not it's it's apples and and oranges it's not apples and apples
0: when the judges were asking their questions they were like so have any of you actually seen anybody who has actually had a telemedicine appointment or has come to you with FDA pills. They were like, no, but hypothetically, maybe we could, and we just our caseload could be too great. And like, what are we gonna do? And the judges were like, huh, maybe you're right. So it was just a shit show. And part of the case they were relying on is something called the Comstock Law. Anybody familiar with the Comstock Law? Okay, this shit's crazy. So the Comstock Law is basically if I can sum it up super quickly, this puritanical shit bag. Comstock is the puritanical com- shit bag yeah, she's talking Comstock. About. Was outraged that you could get sexually suggestive things through the mail. Magazines, you could get, you know, sort of all sorts. He was really pissed. So what he did was he collected as much of it as he could (laughs) through the mail. No shit. (laughs) Stockpiled porn, all kinds of stuff. Bless his heart, who isn't? But then he called up Congress and he goes, do you know what people are sending through the mail? I have stockpiled it all and I want to bring it to Congress and put it on a display. So he drove to Congress, put it on display. They were like, oh my God, this is terrible. We have to ban this. We'll start an act and name it after you. And the act basically says you can't send... Uh, morally objectionable materials through the mail that would influence the morality of people, Americans, and you can't send any kind of abortive patients through the mail. And it was like, yay, we, they named it after him, but that wasn't enough for that guy. That guy then became part of the Postal Enforcement Service so he could make sure shit wasn't sent. That was back in the 1800s, law still on the books. And these uh, crazy extremist positions are like, yeah, so we want to also count that in yeah. as a thing. So that's America as as it stands. And when we talk about the ways that like progressives don't get things
1: done, there's been so many years we could have repealed yeah, that law. Yeah, maybe repeal that
0: law. Maybe.
1: I think people were like, it's not going to happen. And I'm like, oh, I remember when they said that about Roe. Or about <laughs> this law in
0: Wisconsin. Or about the laws in Michigan. Or about these laws that have been on the books all the time, lingering about zombie laws, they call yes. them.
1: Yeah, so the first judge said... Kazmarek said, no, no, no things for you. So then the Fifth Circuit is looking about it. If they win, they can make the FDA go through approvals again for the abortion pill for Mifepristone. They could make the FDA approval for use of the abortion pill up to seven weeks. Right now it's about 10 and a half weeks, almost 11 weeks. It could make it only in-person dispensing, which some states have that, but federally that is not a requirement. And they could make it that there's no mail or no telehealth access to them.
0: That means if you live in New York or Michigan or a place where it happens, that that can no longer happen. And I think that's the chilling effect that people forget is that this federal law could be the thing that takes it away from the states who have said, you know, we want to codify this. We want to make sure this happens where we are.
1: Have you guys heard of Josh Hawley? (laughs) (laughs) So his wife... Uh, was a lawyer for Alliance Defending Freedom, and she's a lead lawyer on this case on the part of the plaintiffs. Interesting note, she is also the lead lawyer on the 360 creative web case that uh, she just won, where basically a web designer who had never designed a wedding lawsuit said, I don't want to start this business because I don't want anyone to ever ask me. And the SCOTA said, Yep, that makes sense. That's fully a right that a thing you've never done, that you've never been harmed doing, is a thing that you shouldn't be compelled to do. Well, it's the same lawyer. And the levels of standing are about the same.
0: I mean, that's the part that when we think about that 303 case, what it means. Aaron Hawley set a precedent that hypothetical harm trumps actual harm. Yep. Right. And so this weirdo web designer who ain't nobody going to her website, you know, graphic design is my passion. <laughs> it's now Aaron Hawley's jam. It seems like this is her like her niche is to create standing for people who have absolutely no business bringing cases before the court, right? It's the same with these doctors. There is not a snowball chance in hell that any of these doctors who say they're aggrieved, who might have an overflow of patients for some miraculous reason, who knows, have hypothetically said that hypothetically their caseload will be great. Hypothetically, they'll be forced to create some kind of like unconscionable medical situation for themselves that they can't do. And it's all bullshit. And so now we're left with what is standing, who gets to serve, and how far will they take it? And it's gonna make it to SCOTUS. I mean,
1: the Fifth Circuit is pretty bad. And so there's almost no way that they're not gonna pull some level of the fuckery in this.
0: And then we're gonna to have to challenge it. So and either one to have to challenge if it. If we win, the other side will challenge it. And so it's
1: like what can we do, right? Well, there's a one little Hail Mary that we may have, and it's something the FDA has called enforcement discretion. And that is basically a way that the FDA can sort of say, We can choose to or not impose regulations and requirements to make sure that adequate supply is available there's been no indication that fda is even considering this but it is something that could be in our toolbox
0: and we're pushing for it we have a petition at at abortion access front that tells the fda please use your discretion to do this it's controversial some people are saying it sets a terrible precedent but at this point if egregious lawsuits are preventing people from getting care what else do we do how else do we help people who are harmed i mean we know the other ways we're going to be getting the pills and we're going to be doing all kinds of clandestine Mm -hmm. shit let's be real but we really need to put everything we out there. So if you want to sign the petition that tells the FDA, please use your discretion to let this pill.
1: Yep. AFront.org is our website and you can go to our petition and you can sign
0: and you can say, come on, FDA, back us up here. That's right. And also we follow this case every day. I mean, we wake up panic scrolling just to see when the case is going to drop. And so follow us on social at Abortion Front, um, listen to the podcast and we'll keep you updated. So for those of you who are listening and, and those of you who are Abortion seekers who don't know where to go, as always, we remind you that the best, most up-to-the-minute resource on accessing abortion care and funding your care is com. That's com. Yes. And now we're going to move into
1: an even more fun part of our podcast, and this is when we talk to our people. Yes. So joining us from Midwest Access Coalition is community and event manager, Walker Futz At Mac, he focuses on access to abortion, especially for queer folks, Plan B, and community
0: engagement. Well, Please welcome Walker up. Fitz. <clears throat> hi, Walker. I know it's tight up here. That's
2: okay. <laughs> Thank Hello. you for joining us. God, I'm so excited to be here.
0: You
1: work with our former FBK host and heckler, Marie Kahn. Marie hi.
2: the house! <laughs> Midwest
0: Access
1: Coalition. Um, so can you talk about MAC and the work that you do there?
2: Yes, absolutely. Uh, Midwest Access Coalition is a practical support abortion fund, which means that we support abortion seekers that are traveling to find care. Um, mostly people that are traveling to, from, or within the Midwest, but in the last year or so, we're branching out, helping other people from other states, mostly Texas these days. We assist with travel, lodging, food, child care, any kind of expenses that someone would incur if they're crossing state lines to access care.
0: Woohoo! No. We're big fans. It's a big job. And I just want to say, when Dobbs happened, there was a flurry of donations that came in and people did great. But then people needed so much help that those funds got eaten up really quickly y'all so i would suggest a monthly
2: donation Mm -hmm. for these folks we Um, even have a weekly option
0: that is aggressively amazing donations (laughs)
1: exactly (laughs) yes walker i love that you are a community event manager and i wanted to know what are some of the strategies you use to effectively engage the larger midwest community in expanding abortion and supporting abortion access
2: um, we're, we're really trying lately, especially this past year, to just get right into those communities and show up where they're going. So we've been spending a lot of time at concerts, markets, fashion shows, um, street fests, all kinds of things, handing out free Plan B, other kind of swag, all of our information. We're also working on putting some emergency contraception vending machines up, first in Chicago, but we're working on getting throughout the rest of the Midwest, Indiana, Ohio. Um, which would have free plan B and hopefully at some point other harm reduction options.
0: It's so awesome. And, you know, Marie, not to embarrass you, but like I learned so much from you from being on this podcast, from what practical support actually means, especially being a person of privilege, there's just so many things that unless somebody is constantly reminding you of the kind of care somebody might need, you just, there's considerations people don't think of, right? And so Walker, one of the things I wanted to ask you is what are some of the things that you want people to be thinking about outside of general, we're helping folks get abortions, what kind of folks need certain kind of considerations? And what would you say you would love people to be thinking about to expand their thoughts about
2: who accesses care. Absolutely. Um, I am personally very passionate about queering abortion. I personally have had an abortion and I do identify as trans. I do not identify as a woman. In the last year, um, it's great that people are so excited, but there are people that have been working for this for a while, that may not be aware of how queer people and how trans people need abortion care, especially the barriers that are faced. Um, a trans person that needs an abortion in Texas already has to travel to go to a clinic and maybe the closest clinic has the word woman in the title and that's already inaccessible and uncomfortable and the whole time they're there somebody is misgendering them or using parts for their body that they're not comfortable with without asking first and then they have their whole trip home and it just is not a really welcoming or comfortable environment for anyone that is not a cis woman and on top of, again, all of the other barriers to getting access, that is just one more thing to think of that makes it a stressful situation.
0: I think that people don't consider what cultural competency looks like when it comes to care and how just really talking to people for 10 minutes could change a whole way that people approach how they give somebody really compassionate care.
2: Absolutely. I mean, even these communities themselves aren't really aware of the kind of care that, that we need. I personally am on testosterone and just found out recently that I can still get pregnant. Um, and I just found out that um, emergency contraception works for people that are on hormones and HRT. say that again. Plan B in emergency contraception <laughs> works for people that are on testosterone. Yeah, this is important information that people just don't have. It's that's right. Absolutely important, and you know, a lot of straight cis folks are like, "Well, why are queer? Why do queer people need abortions? They can't get pregnant." But that's absolutely not correct. There's um, something we like to call T for T relationships, trans for trans. And you know, everybody has different body parts, and it's not really apparent from the outside. And anybody can get pregnant no matter who they're sleeping with. So it's something that a lot of people just kind of ignore the queer community when they're talking about abortion care. But you know, because there aren't as many studies, and there's not enough information out there about healthcare for trans people, especially reproductive healthcare, you know, we know less than any what we need for ourselves.
0: I love that. It also goes back to when you're in communities that are vulnerable or that people don't understand those communities are forced to explain themselves at a far greater rate and nobody should have to explain why they need reproductive care or abortion care it's like there's no good abortion there's no bad abortion every abortion different and everybody who needs one deserves to have it in a way that is compassionate and in a way that is accessible full stop yes. so thank you for all you do walker it's incredible the work thank that you're you. doing
2: thank, thank you. you for having me
1: thank you. Thank you, Walker, for all that you do. You can access free emergency contraception and support their work at midwestaccesscoalition.org. Our next guest is a friend of the pot and a self-proclaimed
0: abortion stand. She just happens to be in Chicago to tape an episode of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, and we snatched her up to blab with us at Netroots Nation. She's a writer, actor, comedian, whose stand-up special Love Joy was nominated for a Critics' Choice Award. Please welcome our friend, board member of Abortion Access Friend, Joyelle Nicole Jansen!
3: Woo! Hey, guys. Hi, everybody. Hey, Joyelle. So you're in town to do Wait, Wait? I am in town to do Wait, Wait. It's my first time. I've never done it before. So I'm a little Wait, weight virgin. I'm going to pop a papa. Wait, Wait cherry tonight, baby. <laughs> I, I don't think, think I can we say all that on of, the show,
0: though. You can. You yeah, can no, on, you
3: okay. can. We say everything on the show. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so you
1: are not shy about talking about race, gender, and abortion in your comedy. What have been the reactions from
3: people? Oh, I recently had a person, uh, they just tweeted at me, calling me a political sellout, which was very interesting because huh? I was like, how am I a political sellout? I guess they think that I'm doing this for like, like if Candace Owens, like I'm the opposite of Candace Owens, like <laughs> I'm really a Trump supporter, but I think the money is in being an abortion <laughs> supporter. Uh, yes, so, I think abortion where the oh, cash is. At Joelle Nicole, so sad that to get a show, you had to play kiss ass with the left agenda promoting racism, abortion, gay lifestyle, adoration. Political sellouts are not funny, sweetheart. And I just said, thanks for watching, boo. (laughs) A view is a view. (laughs) But also the funny thing is I've been getting a bump in my special because Kevin Hart dropped one on Peacock. So they've been suggesting my special after. And I was like, this person likes Kevin Hart? So strange. Um, You got weird fans, buddy.
0: I love when they describe exactly who you are and how proud you are of it as a diss. Yeah, yeah. We get it all the time. It's like, you abortion-loving whore. I'm like, yes. Yes. All those things. All those would be true. It's incredible. Okay, so going back, when Joyelle and I met, Joyelle did the very first fundraiser we ever did starting this organization. And then we went down to D.C., and we did a comedy show that was part abortion storytelling and then part people doing stand up. And, Joyelle, you were doing stand up and then you spontaneously told your abortion story, and it was I powerful. Did. I remember I'm going to probably start crying now. Aww. But it was incredibly emotional for you. Will you talk about like, because all of a sudden you just started talking about it and I was not expecting it and I knew that you had said, one day I'll be ready to tell my story, she said to me. But then you just... (laughs)
3: <laughs> yeah, that was a crazy moment because it, it was just like right, I decided in the moment. I was like, let me just go ahead and tell this story. Um, and you know, for those of you that don't know, I got pregnant on the floor of an Amtrak train in the restroom. I see somebody judging me with eyebrows. <laughs> don't unfurrow your brow. Unfurrow. Um but also like if you have a sex on the floor of an Amtrak train in the you know, in the restroom, maybe you shouldn't be a mother. So. <laughs> And I thought of that line right before I got on stage, and I was like, I think that might be a funny way to approach it, and and then was able to tell my story after that. And ain't crying and teared up on stage, um, but you know, your girl's an empath, so <laughs> I am used to crying in the weirdest places. Uh, I cry in the shower, I cry on the subway, I cry a lot, I, it's like... Peeing to me so you got to get those tears out <laughs> it felt great though don't telling don't a story. cry in lieu of peeing no Ooh. no exactly. not, in lieu, lieu. not in addition to yeah. you know okay. just cry sure the toilet you're not so de- yes yeah, so that was my first time telling a story and and now it's on my special and i got nominated for a critics choice award i think for telling my abortion story in my special so i'm so proud of that and people come up to me after and just say thank you and you know i like compliments
1: it's such a good story. All right, for those of you who don't know about AAF, part of what we do is we tour the country. We do shows and we showcase local activists and providers. And Joyelle has been. In the trenches with us for yeah. years. So, what are some of your most memorable moments, both outrageous <laughs> from extremists and also helping uh, the clinics?
3: Okay, we all we we have a lot of outrageous moments. Uh, they call me the protest whisperer because I love talking to the antis. It's one of my favorite pastimes because you know they are stupid, <laughs> and <laughs> it's just fun. It, it, you like I just keep asking them questions and just get them into. There was one woman in Mississippi um, in front of the pink house and and I asked her, you know, like how many babies she had adopted, and she was like, "Well, there aren't any available." And I was like, "Girl, you a whole ass lie! Like, <laughs> not available. You mean no pure white ones? What are you talking about, hush? So, so that was one uh, an interesting moment. And I remember uh, Greg Proops was was with us in Mississippi, and he's like escorting people into the clinic with us. And this one guy was just like, "Mr. Proops, your celebrity status is not going to save you from hell." And he was like. Really, by C list celebrity status? <laughs> wait, wait, don't me. tell me I'm going to hell. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like there's no VIP list for the guys from Who's Line, is it? Anyway. <laughs> uh, Apparently, it's Satan's line, Joel. <laughs> That's whose line it is. So, one of the stories I appreciated we're with another comedian, Mehran Kagani, who is an absolute uh, just ridiculous human being, you know, always with a fan and a sparkly blazer. So, we were having a good time outside and the antis were praying and then we just were like playing some music and they kept like looking over at us i was like hey ain't y'all supposed to be praying and, and then they just got back to the praying <laughs> and i was like y'all ain't real prayer warriors get distracted by a live dance that was in baton rouge and i remember
0: that because i've never understood like if i believed that somebody was murdering babies on the reg 24 365 i wouldn't be dancing at some point or no. think i could use humor to talk about it and that's what they don't understand that we get to do that because their foundational premise is flawed and wrong and our yeah. foundational premise is righteous so we get to make fun of them with humor we get and so it's so bizarre to me when they do that but joyelle the the traveling what we did together that is my most epic was when we were in Little Rock. And um, this man is, Long I sat on the curb. It was a thousand degrees in Little Rock. And yeah. I was like on the curb, pouring sweat down, probably menopause and pouring sweat. And I was just like, ugh. And there's the extremists are outside of our shows. They come to our shows a lot. And I'm on the curb and this man is in Joyelle's face. Yelling. And I am at crotch level
3: oh joyelle take it from there yeah um so he's yelling in my face and he's you know just like you know all, all the hits you're going to hell martin luther king didn't die so you can have an abortion i was like really word okay um take it there i guess um and he's just screaming at me and then liz noticed he had an erection Yes. yes. He yes. had an erection. Yeah, that's look at shaming Look at all these faces. Get these And faces I right.
0: just said, I just was like, so I'm sweating, and then I look, and it's just like, you know, the tent is in front of me. And I was like, this man is hard, Joyelle, shaming you. His kink is shaming you. I'm not kink shaming him. I'm saying kink shame, shame kink. I don't know. Kink awareness, Kink you awareness, that there is some face. Yeah. Um, and then he was mortified. And then I would just remember saying, "Sir, don't worry, we have
3: pictures." Yes, <laughs> says, and don't then, wear like sweat shorts to the protest. Yeah, so, free so.
0: balling when you're hating <laughs> is just like a bad idea. Don't <laughs> yeah, don't free ball at a protest. Don't do like, it. You know, I mean, you that, that's you know, Yeah. Hashtag uh, pro tip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: think is how that goes.
0: Um, well, Joyelle, you always say yes. You always come out with us. You are such a big proponent of just helping bust stigma. You are so funny. How can people support and find you, other than at our booth, to blab with us after the
3: podcast? Yeah. Yes, blab. And I'm going to Montreal for the first time with the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival. So I'm excited. And I'm doing my first solo show in Montre- Montreal. <laughs> so I will be there, you know, smoking <laughs> a cigar, Pilgrimage! And like, some cheese. I don't know what's happening. So that's happening July 27th, my solo show. But I'll be in Montreal for about 10 days. So, you know, I'll be like... Like, Poutine headed nice. by the time I come back, so yeah, look out for that. Enjoy on the call. Oh, also, Survival of the Thickest just dropped today. So, whenever you guys hear this, go to Netflix and watch it Michelle Buteau show. And I got a little cameo on there
0: amazing and watch your special, it's incredible. Yes,
3: yeah, oh, yeah, that's just after you two. watch
0: the Kevin Hart
1: one, yes. apparently.
3: <laughs>
0: I love, like, those streaming channels are so racist. It's just like, if you like this black person, you'll like this black person. And it's like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Like, right? Huh? Huh? I mean, it's just always, they just lump women together. It's just like a whole thing. It is just next level. Well, Joyelle, um, you are awesome. And watch Joyelle's special on Peacock. Love, Joy, It is so good. But we're not going to let you go quite yet. I was going to say, she's actually
1: going to stick around because we are about to play the feminist buzzkills party game that is faster than Monopoly and more fun than Taboo. (laughs) That's right. It's called Six Degrees of Abortion, and it is with me and... This time, Joyelle, take a story from the news and Liz has six chances to link it to abortion. So in the news, beloved Padma Lakshmi, I don't know if anyone else loves her as much as I do, is leaving Top Chef (gasps) as the hostess person, that host person she's been. But she's been replaced by this really hot woman. Okay. Very hot, Kristen,
3: very as hot-ish. opposed to Padma, that that <laughs> dog. It's a different kind of hot. It's a very hot hot though. Yeah, no. It's What's
1: just... it? What kind of hot? Uh, she's more butch. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Uh-huh. She's more all butch. Right. Okay.
3: She'll take your man and your girl. And
1: your girl. Uh, uh, and her name is Kristen Kish. Okay. I'm very excited about her, and also she's Asian, just like Padma, so that's yes. really great too. W O C. And a former contestant on Top Chef. So okay. I would like you to uh, take six
0: times to get Kristen Kiss to abortion? Um, well, I could backtrack and say she's replacing Padma. She's had an abortion, right? Yes. <laughs> Am I? Are you just... T- <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, yeah, Joyella's Pod- playing Six had, Degrees yeah. of Abortion. Yeah. Padma's had an abortion. That's okay. You're doing great.
3: I'll practice it for <laughs> way, wait, wait later. about to No, test no. Me. You're doing great. So, <laughs> Padma's had an abortion the ad
0: there
3: we are but also degree. i mean
0: there's a couple of different ways you yes. could go. I, w- I could go with um i could go with you know Padma has a cooking show ted allen also has a cooking show chef ted allen is very active in pro abortion fundraising and putting himself out there ted allen actually did a fundraiser for mm-hmm. abortion access front so i could have gone that route uh-huh but um, Padma having an abortion seems like yeah, the no, obvious. Like, why yeah. why not? Why not just go, Padma had an abortion. Boom. Mostly. And we're not just outing her abortion, by the way. She's announced it. That's why we know it. It's like, Padma had an abortion, you know, it's like, not, you know? we're not I breaking mean, news here. To be perfectly honest,
1: I just want to talk about the new host of Top Chef. <laughs> <Yeah>. I know
0: how she is. That was, that was <laughs> obvious, Moji. That was obvious. Okay, Joyelle, we are not releasing you. We are releasing you, Joyelle. Follow her on the socials at Joyelle Nicole. Watch her love, Joyelle. Thank you. Love you guys. And, Ooh,
1: well, you know, no, the Feminist Buzzkills Podcast would not be possible without the generosity of, of our
0: fake sponsors.
1: Uh, Liz, who's supporting our podcast this week?
0: Well, Moji, it is the one-year anniversary of the Supreme Court decision that toppled Roe v. Wade. So join the United States Mint, Harlan Crow, and the Clarence Thomas Moore Society in <laughs> celebrating with the Dobbs commemorative coin. <laughs> <laughs> This keepsake may be just the size of a dime, but carries the value of a fully formed dollar bill. (laughs) Each coin features a priceless etching of the Supreme Court justices who ushered in the Dobbs decision, smiling at the future they've created, a uterus behind bars. 80% 80% of the profits from the sale of the coin goes directly to the Clarence Thomas Moore Society to fund more coins to memorialize the losses of other rights not explicitly mentioned in the Constitution. <laughs> Call now and get your Dobbs commemorative coin for the low, low price of $19.73 using the promo code ALICO. Yeah, that sounds like a piece of crap. Yeah, list. that sounds like not the greatest. We don't, we don't have the greatest yeah. sponsors. I've already I bought like, 10, though. We need to work on I that. So um, if you want to join our Patreon so we don't have to have these fake sponsors, um, that would be also very, very, very fun. Um, this was awesome. This was so much Before fun. Before we go, we have a couple minutes. We thought we'd take some questions. Does anybody have any questions about anything at all to do with any abortion related, any that you can possibly think of? Why not fill some time with some questions from the audience? The question is: Do who pro-abortion do folks pro-abortion folks give us shit, shit for being funny? Yes. Yes. Yes, they yes, do a lot. Of and that. then I also say to them, "You're not pro-abortion," <laughs> because truth be told, it kind of goes back to what we said earlier, which is that is perpetuating stigma to say that people cannot um, a find joy within exposing horrible people. It's also saying that somehow. There is a morality clause that they have come up with, right, that involves abortion has to have some bit of shame and regret for it to be acceptable. I will not let that stand. And I just also feel, too, that the one thing the anti-abortion movement has zero of is joy of any kind. Their God is joyless. Mm -hmm. The way that they raise their kids is joyless. Everything about them is oppressive and i just don't understand like what they're promoting i had some guy screaming at me and i just had to stop him and say i'm a communicator for a living you have to sell your god better let's just take a step back and just talk don't come in with don't come in hot with god hates you it's like wow first of all god hates kind of a bad lead like no one wants to be around that god You know, just like there's no quality at all. So we just don't fuck with them. If they want to have that opinion, I feel like I just I'm not interested. I'm I'm here for inclusion and for helping people feel good and positive about their experiences and for really listening to how people want to have their experiences treated. Because we're not just always funny. If someone's coming and really dealing with whatever their experience is, you always let them talk first, let them guide and then let that and then figure out how to make that comfort zone work but listening is key. Being funny, also key. The question is, uh, what it, what should a young woman or a young person do who doesn't have a platform yet, is in school, what is the most effective way that they can be? I mean, I think there's a couple of different things. Number one, um, talk about abortion openly and without caveat in, in spaces that it might feel uncomfortable um, so that it becomes normalized. Also, Really think about how you want to be in the world when it comes to advocating. So think about reaching out to organizations in your community, talking to your friends, especially on your campuses, because the anti-abortion movement is very strong in organizing on campuses. There's a horrible organization called Students for Life run by a woman in her 40s. Hasn't been a student in years, maybe never was. Unclear. (laughs) But I think, you know, I think being a force and a presence, because for far too long, we haven't talked publicly about abortion in spaces where it needs to be talked about, which is every space. Right. How do we also, as people in the community, advocate for more compassionate, gender-affirming care with our own physicians and in the community at large? Walker, you want to pop up here real quick and answer that one? Because I feel like you have some amazing answers that would be better than two cis women answering that. And we have you here.
2: Um, At the physician level, even just talking to the people at your doctor's office about the words that they're using, my doctor still calls it a women's wellness exam, even though I'm they know that I'm not a woman and I, you know, why not just call it a pap smear or a wellness exam? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Asking like what body parts specifically, a lot of like queer and trans people are not comfortable with like the word vagina. Um, So asking the, your providers to, you know, double check what words you want to use for your body Um, using different sized Um, a different size um, speculum. Yes. Queer and trans people that are on hormones often have um, some atrophy of the vagina. So sometimes a smaller speculum is necessary. So aging
0: women also. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm.
2: Asking your providers if they have that stuff on hand and like what they are doing to make their spaces more comfortable for people that don't identify as women.
0: Also Walker if you if you could say like it would be nice to say to your doctor there's a really great resource for you to use to familiarize yourself with terms could you is there a resource that you could give to everybody that people could say if i'm being
2: honest i don't have a resource wow. there aren't a lot of resources out there we are all kind of creating our own resources mm-hmm. even when doing research on like plan b on hormones and stuff there's basically no information out there. No studies, just like no study is done on, on the effectiveness of emergency contraception on fat people and people with a higher BMI. Nobody really cares. Um So there are resources out there that like the queer communities in your neighborhood will probably have on hand. But really, we're all just kind of making this up as we go. Trans people have been around forever, but have not been allowed to be public and out and socially acceptable until very recently.
0: Thank you so much for that, Walker. I am so feel very lucky that (laughs) you were here to answer that. Thank (laughs) you for your question. Uh, The question is, um, what gives us hope?
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, Well, I think what is giving me hope, what has been giving me hope, we've been, Abortion Access Front has existed for a while, and we have been sounding the alarm about all of these attacks on reproductive care. And Dobbs' decision was a heartbreak. But I think the way that more than before people in this country have really woken up to where we are and how terrible abortion access is in this country has given me hope. And I just, I also hope that we sustain our energy for supporting our abortion funds, for overturning unjust laws, for ballot initiatives, for all the things that we can do to fight for voting out assholes. But just seeing people now being a lot more energized, uh, people coming up to me more like, oh, you work in abortion access? And then want to tell me about their abortion stories. These are the sort of things that give me hope
0: and I think for me it's a working in community with the people doing the work and being able to provide a resource for them um, every day when you wake up and you are familiar with Midwest Access Coalition you know with a period with these people doing incredible work and knowing that they're dedicating their lives To do this really incredible, compassionate care really gives me hope. And also, being at Netroots Nation and having this many people at an abortion podcast, that gives me hope. It gives me hope that progressives and people who are liberal or whatever are actually... Interested in being more than just pro choice or being more than just mad. You know, these statistics that we keep seeing 60% of the people support abortion access, 70% of the people support abortion. those statistics have been around for fucking ever. Yep. It's moved the needle maybe 5%. It doesn't matter if you care about it. What matters is are you going to actively not allow oppressors colonize our bodies? That is really, how hard are you gonna work for that? And we have a great community of activists doing it, but that needs to grow, right? So I think it does give me hope that people are doing the work in it and that we get to wake up every day and help support them.
1: Thank you, Joyelle and Walker for joining us on stage today. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for being here live. Please support the pod, like, subscribe, and show us some love with a five-star rating. And don't forget, you can stay up to date on all the latest repro news between episodes at Abortion Front on all the
0: socials. Let's make a difference and have some fun doing it. We have some upcoming events. A live show in Atlanta at Terminal West, July 20th at 8 p.m. I'll be doing some stand-up along with the incredible comedian Baron Vaughn, star of Grace and Frankie on Netflix. We'll be talking to the Amplified Georgia Collaborative about what is at stake for Georgia when it comes to reproductive health, rights, and justice. T-Link is on our website.
1: Looking for where you might fit in some abortion activism? We've got a five-part activist training series, Operation Save Abortion, at operationsaveabortion.com. And visit our super cool activist calendar, which is full of local and national actions and educational opportunities.
0: Next week's guest, more from Netroots Nation with Allison Gill, who is the founder of MSW Media and executive producer and host of the Daily Beans and Mueller She Wrote podcasts. And join our
1: Patreon. You'll support great content and get cool FBK merch and experiences. All pledges support this pod and all of our activism at Abortion Access Front. Pledge at patreon.com slash feminist FBK is edited by Remedia Tournay and is produced by Abortion Access Front.
0: Finally, we leave you with the white supremacist Dalton Claude filter, a man who shows his whole ass when he says what he thinks should happen to people who have abortions.
2: Yeah, arrest these whores. Arrest these, uh, these sick people who murder children. I'm all for that. Feminist Buzzkills, the podcast from Abortion Access Front. New episodes drop Friday. Listen, subscribe, give us five stars.